It's the right time for Western Oklahoma. Eight minutes after seven o'clock, and good morning. Welcome to our program on this Wednesday morning, uh, day before Thanksgiving, and everybody's getting their turkey ready to, to cook and prepare for for the day. You got Yours, your turkey. What are your, you going to do? I'm going to do this uh, ham thing today. Smoke the ham and right. have ham for Thanksgiving. And actually, I was just sitting here thinking about what direction the wind is out of because a smoker tends to have one of the stacks that's kind of s- short. Yes. The smoke. I smell like the meat more than the smoke. The meat does. So. Yeah, so you, you have to go take a shower and oh, clean yeah. up for Thanksgiving so you yeah. don't smell like smoke. People want to take a bite out of you. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> All right, we're going to check our weather forecast for Western Oklahoma, brought to you by C.J. Southwest Tire, uh, where they're now hiring folks, uh, and they're paying above what is minimum wage. <laughs> so uh, looking at uh, the forecast, folks, uh, national weather map showing that Thanksgiving travel impacts uh, along the East Coast and the Northern Rockies. So if you're heading in those directions, uh, Either flying or driving, it could affect your your trip, so be careful. Widespread heavy rains are likely in the eastern part of the country with wintry mix possible across New England and the interior of the northeast. The heaviest accumulations possible in the New Hampshire and Maine areas of the country. Anyway, moderate to heavy snow expected to impact the northern Rockies. Now, if you're a skier, you may like that uh, because uh, snow is, I noticed at Monarch, on the Monarch Pass area, they've got some great snow for skiing, so you can head that way and enjoy some of the wintry-type weather. But in our neck of the woods for Thanksgiving, folks, we're looking at a sunny day, a high near 64 and south winds at 6 to 13 mile, miles per hour, gusts as high as 20 this Thanksgiving day. So that's coming up uh, this Thanksgiving. Today it'll be sunny, a high of 62. It's going to be a beautiful day to get out and smoke your turkey, Mustafa. There you go. So we'll check the current conditions. Uh, right after this message, we have Chad Warmington, president of Oklahoma State uh, Chamber of Commerce, coming up. Yeah. Hey, get off that couch and get some pants on. No, 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 not them sweatpants. We need work pants. Today is when you get back to work and start making an honest living. CJ Southwest Tire is hiring for a full-time tire technician, and they offer benefits after 90 days, paid time off, and they pay 50% of health benefits and paid holidays after 90 days. Grab an application today at CJ Southwest Tire on the corner of Maine and Kansas and Weatherford, your Bridgestone and Firestone dealer. Oh, no, not the sweatpants. And make sure you leave your sweatpants at home. Waking up this morning at 32, it feels like about 24, so it's a little chilly because of the wind at 9 miles per hour out of the west. And barometer uh, up a little bit at 20 or 30.29 inches of mercury. Well, we're really happy to have with us on our program this morning Chad Warmington, who is uh, president of the Oklahoma State Chamber of Commerce. Good morning, Chad. Welcome to the show. It's good to have you on. Good morning, Harold. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. Well, you and I go back a, a few years because you were chief of staff at the House of Representatives when I got elected. I was. We had a good time up there. We did some good. You did some good legislating, and I did some good staff work. Well, you were there really uh, with Chris Binge, and the, 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 a lot of good things were happening uh, during that time. So, thank you for your work. Yeah. You bet. Happy to. So tell us, where you, you after you left the Oklahoma House of Representatives, where'd you go and how'd you end up at the state chamber? Well, 
so when I left the house, I went to I went to work for the state chamber. Actually, did a did a couple of years there, and then I uh, left the chamber and went and ran the oil and gas trade associations in the state for about six or seven years, and then went back to the. Uh, the chamber where I've been for the last four years as the president, and uh, we've, we've been busy. It's been a, it's been great to be back at the chamber. There's a lot of important issues that we've been working on, trying to help protect Oklahoma businesses. And so uh, I think this morning is a good example of exactly the kind of work we do, talking about this state question. Well, it, it's, it kind of popped up last week in the news because it was, I guess, what, it was approved at least to go out and get signatures for this petition? Yeah, so the the, you know, the petition um, application was filed with the Secretary of State, and that triggers a, a review from the state, and it triggers a, a filing or a protest period, and that's exactly what we're in right now. That protest period to file legal challenges ended on Monday, uh, and it ended with, uh, with the State Chamber and the uh, Farm Bureau Legal Foundation jointly filing a protest uh, against it. Now you uh, joined with Farm Bureau. They're pretty big force as well as the state chamber. That's that says something, in my opinion, if you've got both those groups uh, against something. Yeah, I think so. I think if you can get the uh, you know the leading advocate for the state's agriculture community and the leading advocate for the state's business community together on something, um, I think uh, that's a pretty powerful statement. And I think we both have the exact same concerns that impact. You know the workers in the business uh, businesses that we represent, and um, and I think our argument to the to the Supreme Court is pretty compelling. What is your argument? Why should they uh, not allow this petition to take place? Yeah, well, I mean, at first, and I'm, I'm sure you or your you, your listeners know what 832 would do. And our biggest concern isn't um, you know the fact that it raises the minimum wage because you know many, if not most, of our businesses already pay above that. And so what 832 would do, it would actually double that over the next five years. But the biggest concern for us is what it does at the end of the fifth year. At the end of the fifth year, it ties a minimum wage increase automatically uh, to a federal government um, inflation measurement. And it's it's a, it's a small uh, CPI, but it's a version of CPI which excludes um, rural communities and businesses. So it, it, it includes inflation um, assessments from around the country for places that don't look anything like Oklahoma. And then that's automatic, Harold. So that takes the, the ability of the legislature to impact uh, minimum wage away. The legislature would have no role. And so what we believe is, and we think it's pretty clear in Oklahoma law, that that's an unconstitutional delegation of the legislative authority away from the legislature into the federal government or federal officials. And so that's the gist of our of our petition against um, this measure is that we don't want this. We don't want the Oklahoma legislature to have their their authority delegated away. And we also believe it's unconstitutional. That's what we're asking the court to, to strike this down. It seems to me, at least, when somebody doesn't like what the legislature's doing, and, and honestly, the minority parties tried to pass minimum wage increases now for several years, and that's not happened, it seems like they go around the legislature and try to get something done otherwise, like uh, legalization of marijuana, for example, uh, was a, an issue on the ballot last year. But why is that, you think? Well, I think, I mean, the initial petition process in and of itself is an important part, you know, for Oklahomans to have the right to speak. I think the, a little bit of the problem is that we've made it really easy 
for that to happen. And I think the idea was we'll make it easier for Oklahomans to petition their government. But what's actually ended up happening is it's out-of-state groups, like the one that's funding this petition, and all the out-of-state money that funded State Question 820 last year that uh, that we helped defeat again with the Farm Bureau uh, on marijuana. It's made it very easy. It's a very low bar to cross to get an initial petition on the ballot in Oklahoma. And so you have out-of-state money. And again, this isn't being funded by in-state uh, in-state people. This isn't Oklahoma labor unions or something coming up with the idea for this. This is an out-of-state group that's um, that does these for a living. The people that run them, this is what they do. And so it's made it just a little too easy for, for, for those folks to kind of get these things on the ballot. And they go around the legislature like they did with marijuana. And that's exactly what's happening again here. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think if if you hear uh, last week we had uh, Cindy Munson on, the minority leader, and she was talking about how people can't, you know, make a, a decent living right now uh, without the minimum wage being higher. And uh, uh, do you think that's that's true? Because in, in our part, in our neck of the woods, we're paying above minimum wages and many way above, like above the $15 range right now. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I don't think that's true at all. I mean, I think it's just it's a it's kind of a red herring. No, it, listen, if you, if a business was paying seven twenty five an hour, they're not going to have anybody come work for them. I mean, that's the stark reality, and there's just no need for it. That you know, the the minimum wage uh, is not what the you know the market wage is, so to speak. And so, just like you're saying, you know, in your area, the market wage is much higher than seven twenty five, and that's why this is an unnecessary. Uh, an increase. And so, um, you know, it, what it does is it doubles it over the next five years. But again, that's not even the worst part about it. The worst part is tying that thing to inflation. And you very quickly, with the inflation numbers that, um, you know, we've been seeing lately, if it just grew to the 10 year average, um, which, it, you know, is, is a low, low average, if it just grew to the 10 year average, it would be at 2216. And if it grew to the three year average, minimum wage would be $35 an hour. So listen, I mean that that sounds great in practice, but those are those are the type of jobs that if you had to pay minimum wage for some of those jobs that uh, you know don't require thirty five dollars an hour, those jobs would just get eliminated. So the very people that they think this is going to help would be the people who would be uh, unemployed because small businesses couldn't afford to pay thirty five dollars an hour for a job that maybe uh, really only warranted you know fifteen bucks an hour or something like that. And that's and that's the fallacy of what they're what they're trying to do is um, they say people can't make a, make a living, but this would actually make it even harder for those people to make a living because it would eliminate jobs in our economy. So Farm Bureau's on board with this as well. How does it affect uh, farming community based on uh, how would this hurt them? So part of part of what their concern is is that the the petition or the the state question would also eliminate some exemptions. Uh, and and that's what they're really concerned about too. There's a couple of exemptions in there on on minimum wage um, that farm and ag workers, um, that feed store workers are exempt from some things that are in there. This eliminates those. So you would make again those what tend to be um, you know more seasonal or hourly jobs. You'd you'd make those subject to the same level. So if you were you know working on a temporary job in the ag industry and uh, having to, and, and you were now having to pay thirty five dollars an hour, that's going to crush that's going to crush crush some agriculture businesses. It's just it's not um, it's not a market wage and it's not something that they can afford. And so what they're really worried about is the elimination of the exemptions. Again, they're they're just like us. They're not they're not too concerned 
overall about some adjustment to the minimum wage, but that ought to be left to the legislature to find what the right level is and definitely not left to whatever the federal government uh, says it is uh, based on a CPI adjustment that they make that we have no say over whatsoever. Would you agree that, that, that when you raise minimum wage in this way particularly, that it eliminates a lot of part-time jobs, college students and high school students that want to work part-time? That's exactly what it does, and, and study after study shows that, and, and those are the things when, you know, the, the minimum wage is not a living wage, and that's what, you know, or I would disagree with Representative Munson, you're not raising a family on minimum wage. What you are typically is a, a first-time worker or a temporary worker or a teenager that's going to work um, at, um, you know, some hourly job when it's their first entry into the job market. Um, it was never intended to be a, a, a living wage. And so if you were to take those jobs and now have to pay them $35 an hour, um, those, it's just not feasible for businesses to be able to pay that. And that's, again, um, the concern we have. And, and then also, there's no cap. So that thing would continue to go on every year. There'd be a CPI adjustment with no cap. And again, no ability for the legislature to adjust that. So it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. It actually hurts Oklahoma families and businesses. And uh, and that's why we're really adamantly opposed to it. Chad Warmington, the president of the State Chamber of Commerce with us on the program this morning. We're talking about the initiative petition that would uh, raise the minimum wage and have uh, an effect on not only the wages, but also future wages. Uh, We're going to take a break. When we come back, Chad, I'd like to talk about why people, if you're in business, ought to be a member of the chamber and get get that thought, your thought on that and what's happening in, in the workforce of Oklahoma. So stand by. That'd be great. You're listening to Chad Warmington, Harold Wright. Mustafa, you got a question coming up? We'll get one. All right. Stand several. by, folks. Hey, Oklahoma. Monica Collison here with Union Mutual Insurance. For 85 years, Union Mutual has been the preferred choice for insurance in rural Oklahoma. We've been here with you through the storms, the good times and the bad, and we'll continue to stand with you and by you in this great state of Oklahoma. When it's time to insure your rural property, give us a call or visit us at unionmutualic.com. We're your neighbors. We're your kids' sports coaches. We're your school board and chamber members, your church deacons, your local 4-H club and FFA chapter partners. Long story short, we're real people. We're real Oklahoma pig farmers, and we're real proud of it. To hear from real Oklahoma pig farmers, visit okpork.org slash real pork. This message brought to you by Oklahoma's pig farmers and the Oklahoma Pork Council. Are you interested in free tools, college paid, and an 80,000-plus career path? Hi, I'm James with Western Equipment's John Deere Ag Tech College Program. This is a two-year diesel mechanics program where you will learn how to work on John Deere equipment. You will graduate with an associate's degree and the John Deere certifications needed to work in one of the 21 Western Equipment locations. YouTube Larry the Tractor Guy to see what it's like to be a Western Equipment technician. Spots are limited, so start early and apply today at west equip Jump on the gravy train and save at Cummins Ford Lincoln and Weatherford. You can drive away in a new 2023 Ford today. Plenty on the lot and maybe even enough for a second helping. The new 2023 Ford Expedition. The new 2023 Ford Explorer. The new 2023 Ford F-150 on the lot right now. Unbelievable pricing, easy financing, great service, best Ford experts in western Oklahoma. Cummins Ford Lincoln and Weatherford. Just off I-40 and Airport Road and online at CumminsFordWeatherford.com. Built for tough. 
Oh my god, it's so freezing! It was like 88 degrees outside. What is going on? That unpredictable Oklahoma weather getting the best of you? Well, don't let it. Call the experts at Four Seasons Heating and Air, Western Oklahoma's only factory-authorized carrier dealer. We know the weather here in Oklahoma can vary wildly, so before you get left out in the cold this fall, make sure you get your preseason check done early with your friends over at Four Seasons Heating and Air. That's Four Seasons Heating and Air, Oklahoma license number 92419. With tax credits available for tuition, there's never been a better time to join the CVA family. It's easy. Step one, apply to be a CVA student. Step two, secure your place with an interview and acceptance to CVA. Step three, December 1st, start applying for those valuable tax credits. And step four, start school in January or August. Come see what makes CVA unique. Sign up for a tour or attend open house on November 28th. Your child's journey to excellence starts at CBA. Find out more and apply today at cornbible.org. David Totfest talking about the importance of a good mattress. A mattress investment is probably one of the most important investments that there is. It's important to get a good night's sleep. It affects the way you operate on a daily basis. We have Serta, Englander, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, Tempur-Pedic. We have a brand new Stearns and Foster line that just came in. We've got them on the floor, and they're beautiful. You need to come in and, and check these out. Get your mattress at Toddfest, the best in quality, service, and price on the main corner in Weatherford. 25 minutes after 7 o'clock, and Chad Warmington's with us from the State uh, Chamber of Commerce and Workforce for Oklahoma. We're trying to get uh, diversified. I know that was the buzzword in the legislature when I was there, not so dependent on oil and gas. What are your thoughts about that? Can we become more independent? Can we uh, find other types of jobs here in Oklahoma? Yeah, I think absolutely we can. I think the key is we've got to be we got to be really thoughtful about it. We have to have somebody that's uh, doing a better job and being in charge of helping us diversify our workforce. And I, you know, I think it's, it's the old chicken or the egg argument, right? We want to have new businesses here. But the stark reality is, and I think you know this from your area and your listeners do as well, we don't have enough workers for the jobs we have open now. So how are we going to diversify the industries of our state if we can't even fill the jobs uh, that we have that are open today? And so I think we got to really work on, the, on the, the talent supply that we have in Oklahoma. And that's been one of our biggest issues over the last three years. We did a survey. We do a survey every year of the members of, of, of the state chamber. And then we also include just other business leaders. And we ask them every year, you know, what are the biggest challenges you're facing? What are the things that we need to be working on? And for three years in a row, it's been some combination of uh, workforce or education related issues. They either can't find the workforce they need or the workforce they have doesn't have the skill set they need. Uh, and so we've been really trying to get our arms around how do we do a better job of addressing that in Oklahoma? We think the legislature took a really good step last year. They passed uh, Senate Bill 631, which created the Oklahoma Workforce Commission. So it gives Oklahoma a group of people and an entity that is just going to be nothing but focused on workforce development. I feel like that's a great first step. And so it'll actually have its first meeting, uh, the first ever meeting of the Workforce Commission next Tuesday. Uh, and so we're just really excited. We think Oklahoma's headed in the right direction. But, you know, you can't diversify your economy if you don't have the workers to go into these new these new jobs. You do have to have the workers. And I think that's the – out in western Oklahoma, at least, that's the cart before the horse or vice versa. We just – you know, you, you take right. – you, you're looking at an industry to come to western Oklahoma – Will the jobs follow? I think that's the that, that's the question. No, no doubt, and I think you've seen you know the news reports over the last couple of years that Oklahoma has you know been in the hunt for some really big job uh, opportunities with Panasonic or Tesla 
or um, a couple other companies that were looking to come here. And I think uh, there was a number of reasons we didn't get those, but I think one of the one of the primary reasons is just concern about do we have the workers to be able to to fill those jobs? And and I think it's a it's a very fair question. But I also think you know there's a lot of jobs in, in particularly in Western Oklahoma where we just don't have the right skill set. Um, and and I think part of what we're finding is, and, I, and I'd be kind of curious your opinion on this, Harold, is that. You know, for far too long, Oklahoma's education system has been skewed that every kid has to go to college. And that's a noble goal. But the reality is, uh, you know, less than half of the kids that graduate from Oklahoma high school are going to college. And so we have this whole, you know, generations of kids that were preparing for a college education that they don't have any in, uh, you know, intention of pursuing. And we're, and we're foregoing the opportunity to get those kids career ready, you know, meaning they want to be a welder or a mechanic or an airplane mechanic, or uh, they want to go into some other skilled trade like nursing. And so what we really believe, and we're going to work on that this session, is we need to give schools more flexibility to get kids career ready first. And if that means college for them, great. But if they could be career ready when they leave 12th grade, um, you know, we can fill some more of those skilled trade jobs that we have open all over the state of Oklahoma. So there's things like that that are just that's the kind of stuff that we work on at the state chamber. We try to go to address those issues with good policy. uh, And we're really excited to work on that this session. You know, I I think uh, one thing I've talked about and and it, it sometimes seems to me, at least it's sort of gone on deaf ears, is higher education, public ed. And the career techs need to work together better. Uh, I don't know how. Amen. I don't know how that comes out, but I think, you know, you ought to be able to go maybe and get an associate's degree from university at the same time get your welding license or whatever, so that you have have those groups working together to better educate those people, uh, along with um, a, a skill. Does that make any sense? That, that's exactly. Oh, it's exactly right, and that's exactly an example of what we're working on. There's no reason. Uh, that you shouldn't be able to go to a career tech, possibly, potentially. And, and actually, while you're in high school, we'll be working on a, you know, your certification in welding and at the same time picking up college credit so that you're not foregoing a college journey. You're just earning the right to have a skilled trade that could actually help pay for college as you go. And, and, and so if you're taking a, a math class, for instance, uh, if you're welding, you're doing math the entire time you're welding, right? You're doing geometry. You're doing you're doing all kinds of math. And so why are we not letting that count for math credit either in in, in high school, right? So it counts for your, your credits to graduate. But also as you get up into the more sophisticated classes in career tech, those should be able to be counting for college credit. So you're earning, you know, uh, college credits toward an associate's degree. Because I think what we find is, you know, really good welders become really good employees. Really good employees start thinking about maybe owning their own business, uh, and they maybe want to go on and get an advanced degree as well. It, but we don't want them to have to start over. They've been they've been working and learning and earning that credit along the way. Let's give it to them, uh, and then let's just just let's us upskill all of these Oklahoma workers that we have out there. And just again, it's common sense, Harold, just like you're talking about. So we got a minute or so. We're about out of time. Uh, give us, give the listeners out there that are in business a plug why they ought to be a member of the chamber because I know they will be contacted from time to time from your folks at the state chamber to join the chamber. And and, then, and often I know in business people don't understand what the chamber does. So give us, give us your best plug. Yeah, you bet. I think if you care about the issues that we've talked about this morning, if you're worried about workforce, if you're worried about minimum wage or other things, 
uh, what what your membership in the state chamber does is we're the watchdog group for for businesses at the state cha- at the state capitol. Uh, this is what we do. This is what we're built for. We're here to look out for the businesses of Oklahoma. We want to make sure we pass things that help make it easier to be a good business in Oklahoma, and we want to defeat things that are going to make it harder. Uh, and so, you know, I just encourage you if if you have an interest in that, or you have an interest in just supporting us and having somebody that's watching out for you at the, at the state capitol. You know, we're the group to do it, and we'd love to have more rural voices, frankly, involved. And it would be great to get uh, more rural, vo- more rural business owners involved with what we're doing, because I think um, you know there's always unique aspects to rural businesses, just like there was with this minimum wage question, that we need that input. So we'd love to have your your listeners be members, and we'd love to have them help engage in the fight of making Oklahoma the best state in the nation to do business. That's our goal. That's our mission. Well, I want to say that before I was elected, I didn't realize that the, the force that out there from the state chamber and after being up there, I, they're one of the stronger forces in helping to support and be there for businesses across the state. So uh, if you're not a member, you ought to be. That's my thought anyway. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, Chad, thank you for being on. Chad Warmington, uh, president of the, the Oklahoma State Chamber of Commerce. Chad, thank you. You bet. Thanks, Harold. Tune in every weekday at 6 a.m. for The Right Time with Harold Wright. Brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment on 99.3 News Talk KCLI.